Howdy, and welcome to the FPL Jingle, episode 14 of season 2, coming at you thick and hard. Praising foe! A bit like Stephen Meiselbeck watching any movie these days. How's it going? What was that all about? Any movie? You tell me, Stephen. No, I was just going to say I had a really good weekend, like, you know, the Giants <laughs> are 6-1 and one and going to win the Super Bowl. Leinster, I was at the Leinster match when they beat Munster, the old rival. I was delighted with that. I had a really good week in uh, draft and won that. I had a really good week in fantasy and finished inside the top 200k. And then you come out with this, like, completely thrown yeah. me. I, abs- I actually yeah. have no, I don't know where where I am anymore. I do feel like you came, came out with that thick and hard. So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore? No, please stop. <laughs> Can... <laughs> Can we just talk about fantasy football? Like, I want to move on from this. I don't like this. This wasn't planned. There's no euphemisms here. There's no need to uh, read too hard into anything here, Steve. So I I, uh, was listening to a podcast on the way down, which was fairly spookily themed. It was uh, about the the Bender murder family or something. Are Are you doing anything spooky this year, Steve? No, I'm not really a huge Halloween guy. So I just kind of go through the motions i don't really watch scary movies or any of that sort of stuff did you ever dress as anything particularly cool no absolutely not the lesson is never try <laughs> just as yourself that was cool enough <laughs> <laughs> no not, no it wasn't oh no it wasn't i just wasn't arsed I, i'm not into the whole dressing up kind of thing i know certain people love it especially like our ty who's been on the podcast he obviously loves that shit but not for me not for me I did once um, at late notice decide to go out and uh, took the idea from a meme or something where you get a white t-shirt and just draw like uh, the error 404 costume not found uh, thingy my bob. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen that a couple of times. Yeah, that's um, that'll get you out of a jam and a pickle like. Yeah. Um, so to turn our attention to football, Stephen. Is the two dropped points for Arsenal a very big thing? No, uh, I think they'll be disappointed that they didn't get the win, but I really didn't think that they deserved it in the second half. Southampton were the much better side, and I think Arsenal were trying to ride their luck again like they did against Leeds, and it didn't really pay off for them. I think Arteta is probably going to learn maybe a couple of lessons from it in that he probably needs to rest a couple of players Saka looked tired towards the end. I think if Jesus was a little bit sharper towards the end, he might have scored that, um, might have scored a goal or, or or two. And yeah, I think just rotation, I think, might be a little bit more of a of an issue for Arteta. Uh, Pep does it all the time, but he has a much deeper squad than we do. But so, like, you know, if you're going to... I don't think we are title... Are we title contenders? We're probably the closest that Man City have. But, I mean, in terms of do we have the squad to compete for the title, I really don't think so. So it's probably just going to be a case of seeing how long we can hang in there before we eventually kind of drop off a bit. But, I mean, look, I'm not panicking over two drop points. We've only dropped five points uh, all this season so far, so it's not the worst. Uh, no, I wouldn't say that either. I think... Uh, <laughs> If you told an Arsenal fan this is where they'd be, they'd bite your hand off. Oh, absolutely, but, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I it, I do think full-strength Arsenal has a chance against the City squad. That, that's what, But, uh, yeah, over 38 games, I mean, like, your money has to be on Manchester City. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Erling Haaland is, like, a force of nature. And they just have a bit more depth than we do, excuse me. Like, you know, like if we're we're a couple of key injuries, like, you know, if Jesus goes down or if Saka goes down or if uh, Saliba goes down, you know, like we're, we're kind of rejigging a lot and you're kind of not as confident in the team. Like even when Partey was out for a little while there, you had Lacan go in and he didn't look the greatest and, you know, there's just a little bit of depth there. And I think Arteta and I think the... Uh, Edu and uh, the Arsenal club as a whole know that and it'll be interesting to see where they are in January when the transfer window opens in do they try and capitalise on the position they're in this season and try and make a couple of signings to bolster the squad and really push for the title 
or do they maybe stick to the plan not really sign anyone in the summer or sorry maybe not sign anyone in the winter and just like play for top four that'll be interesting to see but that's obviously way down the line and will depend on players coming back from the world cup how fit they are yeah well, certainly what you don't want to see is uh arsenal you know with a belief that they can win the title signing a couple of 30 year olds and uh just fucking themselves over for the summer to come and go moving away from the plan that has served them so well um all this preamble steve is I think enough that we can breeze past our teams and how we got on, and maybe just no, talk about I don't the want to do that. that. Took place. No, you uh, just no, want Steve, to move I don't on care because... about your opinion on any of that. So, <laughs> then why am I here just to suffer? <laughs> why are we still here? Just to suffer every night. Uh, uh, well, mainly, that's a yeah, Metal Gear reference. The, we're just uh, uh, drawing it out of you. Yeah. So, I obviously had a good week. Like I mentioned, I finished inside the top 200k. Don't ask me how, because even I'm not really 100% sure, because I wanted to make changes to my team, and I just didn't. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Captain Haaland, uh, Kane, Mitrovic, De Bruyne. Uh, I had Kurt Zuma, who was the massive differential, and then Ben White. So, 76 overall, I had and Andreas Pereira and Nico Williams on my bench, so potentially could have been more although you know i was never really likely to start those guys but it's good to know that the, the bench is strong and uh yeah i i think i'm not i think i beat you by about 18 points is that right i scored a 58 Stephen, which was good enough to put three million one hundred thousand people between us in terms of score which is just a crazy fucking stat uh, I mean, like, if you just happened to have a fantasy football team, you would have scored 58 this week. You, you Captain Talent, that's over half your points. De Bruyne, Mitrovic. I had Danny Ward, the Leicester goalkeeper, keep my, like, my second goalkeeping clean sheet, I think, this season. Yeah. So that was kind of nice. Uh, I dropped Madison, didn't want to get his goal. I left Andreas on my bench, <laughs> didn't want any points off him. Romero. What was wrong with Romero? Just not feeling uh, it. Kante said in the pre-match after the teams were announced that him and Hoiberg uh, felt minor minor muscular injuries and were out of the game. So it sounded like it was a very late decision to not play him. So it'll be interesting to see how they are midweek, what team they feel there, and then what Kante says in the press conference before the matches at the weekend, what the story is with him. Because it seemed like it was kind of a close call whether they played or not. But uh, yeah, you got struck by the old curse that I had where you had uh, Andreas Pereira as your first sub. But because Romero didn't play, you had to have a minimum three defenders. So Mark Gwehi came in for you for a nice zero. Mark so. zero is exactly what I wanted. I was yeah. I didn't want any more than 60 points this week. And I just got the 58, yeah. which is fine. I didn't want to be standing up. Yeah. I didn't want anyone noticing. You reminded me of a kid on Christmas. I got exactly what I wanted. Thanks. <laughs> what you get? What I wanted. Um, <laughs> it was a green arrow, though. I think I moved up. Where am I? 600,000 now from 700,000? Ah, 680. I moved up like 10,000 places. That's fine. Yeah. I, uh, green arrows are all we want all year. So fucking flying along. How much is between us overall, Steve? Now I have a score of 736. Uh, I have 723, so there's 13 points between us, and I have an overall rank of just just outside a million. I'm like 1,024,000. A grain of rice, Stephen. A grain of rice tips the scales. Absolutely. Um, just fucking awful, though. I, 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 I know I <laughs> probably sound okay about this, but every fucking no, change you don't. I make is a disaster. I know, and it's actually getting really annoying, even for me, because you're just shit crack whenever we go to record these episodes. Just unhappy. Yeah. I mean, like, so Foden price rises like 0.2, so I decided to bring him in. Probably Mm. price rise like about 2 million. And then Madison, who I had for three weeks and did fuck all, goes and scores a goal. It's depression sessions is all that's happening here. You know, you walk out the door, you see someone that you know, and they ask you how you are, and you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't get into it because they would never understand. <laughs> Depre- depression session part two. 
Yeah, maybe I should just like do fantasy championship or something. I could do. I never actually played the fantasy hurling. I might get into that instead. <laughs> I didn't even know there was fantasy hurling, but that kind of sounds a bit mad, and it also sounds like it'd be a bit shit. It's the best crack in the world, Stephen. I've never done it, so I haven't been let down yet. Yeah, <laughs> the only way is up. There is no down. Game week thirteen. Nottingham Forest beat Liverpool 1-0. I think that's the most exciting result in this. We did discuss Everton taking on Palace, and Palace proved just how shit they are away from home, losing 3-0. Yeah. Um, I think Arsenal's 1-1 will come as a shock to some. Newcastle really impressed against Tottenham Hotspur. So, Steve, what what uh, lit up your weekend? Um... I mean, I suppose I just I'm just gonna start with the Nottingham Forest Liverpool game because it was just the biggest shock result of the weekend. It's uh, one that nobody really saw coming. Liverpool had been on what you would call pretty decent form. They had the win against Man City. They had the win against Rangers in the Champions League. They also had the win the weekend before or the week before or midweek. Sorry, apologies against West Ham. But I thought. Like in that West Ham game, they were slightly regressing back towards the way they were before the Man City game in that, you know, bar a Jared Bowen missed penalty um, and then Susek having the ball nipped off his uh, toe by James Milner uh, later on in that game. West Ham could have easily had a draw if not won the game and Liverpool didn't really create a whole lot of chances bar the Darwin Nunes one that put them 1-0 up. And so... When I heard that Darwin Nunes was out injured, and I think Thiago was out with an ear infection, which fucking lull, like defender, fucking <laughs> didn't know you played football with your ears. But anyway, I reckon um, uh, Klopp was giving him the hair dryer treatment and kind of infected him, <laughs> Bur- burned him a bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, like it was just, and it was just, it was a really good game to watch. Like it was a bit of back and forth. Like I think both keepers had like six saves. Um. So, like you know, there Seven was there was a lot of target each. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it was it was very it was entertaining to watch. But like Forrest gave it as good as they got, and I think if Liverpool Liverpool's finishing was just a bit better, I think they easily could have drawn the game if not won. Like Van Dijk probably had one of the best chances of the of the game where um, they rework it from a corner, and I think is a Milner whips in a great ball uh, to Van Dijk at the far post, and he's wide open, and for some reason he decides to try and. Uh, header it down towards Firmino for a tap in who's nowhere near and it just goes out for a goal kick and you're like why did you not just shoot or get it on target it probably would have been a goal because like Henderson was very uh would have had very little time to react but yeah it just it brings up all the old questions again of where are Liverpool what are what's their goal for the season do they get Champions League you know what's going to happen with the squad it just brings all these questions back up again yeah, uh, like if, you know, just to point out some glaringly obvious stuff. I mean, you know, to an extent, Gomez, but Milner, Harvey Elliott, Curtis Jones, Carvalho, and even Bobby Firmino all in the starting lineup sounds like an FA Cup side. Uh, I would almost say uh, Trent came on, but due to minutes is due arrest. And looking at their injuries, I mean. Diaz and maybe a centre-back Jota as a bit of rotation should be helpful yeah I I would be inclined to say the Liverpool injuries will be holding them back but like not fucking really they've been bad with all their players regardless yeah well I mean look I think the whatever about the forwards the place they're lightest on is in midfield and that's where they've had some of the most injuries like you know um they signed Arthur uh on loan from Juventus and to be a cover for them and he's just gotten injured almost straight away and he's out so you know what do you do there then you've also got um like Alex Oxlade Chamberlain is apparently fit but you never know it because he never plays even though they seem to be dying for players in midfield Nabi Keita is always injured and then you're kind of relying on players like Fabio Carvalho Curtis Jones Harvey Elliott who are all young but they're also all kind of the same player so playing two of them in the in the side at the same time like you're really relying on someone like Fabinho to try and anchor the midfield then 
and you really notice you do notice when Thiago isn't in the side although I don't think he really makes that much of a difference but like relying on Jordan Henderson now considering how old he is what is he now 32 you know it just seems like they haven't really they they spent all of the money that they had for the transfer window on Darwin Nunes and maybe didn't budget it out enough and I think they're kind of paying the dividends for that now but you also look at it like Jota Diaz out until after the World Cup Darwin Nunes potentially back soon enough I think um although he's doubtful for the weekend like that's so you're relying on Salah Firmino and then and then who like yeah yeah exactly it's it's uh, both midfield and forwards they're they're severely lacking um I've been wise enough to avoid Liverpool players in my regular fantasy team but in draft not Same so here. much which we'll touch on touch on later um, we'll on. We'll talk, we can talk about it if you want we will talk about it um, <laughs> I think uh, Chelsea and United played out a boring enough one-all draw Yeah, I am interested fantasy-wise in the result between Everton and Palace uh, at yeah. 3-0 that uh, came as a bit of a shock to me clearly with fucking three Palace players in my team although they've always been shaky when they're not in what's the Palace ground? Uh, Selhurst Park Selhurst Park uh, notably loud as FIFA will tell you every single time <laughs> so <laughs> yeah th- this g- this game was a bit of a surprise all right not as much as a surprise as the game before that we were just talking about but uh, they came out re- ready to go in this game they were uh, pressuring from the front uh, almost straight away and it kind of paid off in that Calvert-Lewin wins back the ball um high up the pitch and then he manages to get it back then into the box does a defender and uh, slots it past Guaita very early on in the game to kind of set the tone and Palace never really recovered too much after that uh, I noticed in the in the lineups beforehand that they were playing I think was it Eze and Jeffrey Schlupp in the midfield or not Jeffrey Schlupp sorry uh, Jordan Ayew in the midfield which I just thought was mad because it was just felt like too much of an imbalance in the midfield I don't know whether Schlupp was injured or yeah, what was the case looking at the the lineup here and we'll say the the player who only ever plays in midfield was Milivojevic uh, the rest who of doesn't even exactly who doesn't slash, even play so I mean it well. looks so they so it looks it looks like on foot mob anyway they have Elise in his midfield but he's not a midfielder he's a winger and Jordan Ayew likewise so it just felt like Milivojevic, who hasn't been playing games that much, asking him to come in and do a job almost by himself in midfield was just asking way too much. So they really were had nobody in midfield, and then that really showed because Onana, Gwehi, and Wobi just could do whatever they wanted in the game. And Wobi had two two assists. Um, one of them was very nice. Uh, Gordon got on the the end of one of them and um, scored. So you know, like it's it was a nice um, it was a nice game for Everton, uh, considering the results they'd had beforehand, and Palace kind of approved more or less that they're kind of <laughs> they're like a home team. Like I, I, I think, think all of Zaha's returns this season have been at home. Could we say the same for Everton? I wonder now. I mean, like previously they were just a shit team across the board, but uh, I wonder um, is there is there a trend? They beat West Ham. They drew with Liverpool. What else have they done? They've lost. I mean, the like they lost to United, United. Mm. which, is, so. which isn't great. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah. Everton find themselves in twelfth, and uh, I will be talking about one of their assets that I want to pick up in my draft team at least. But in fantasy, would you be and looking at Wolfgang Gordon? Manchester United returned to Aston Villa for a game of football to determine the victors for this year at least and indeed at most most. (laughs) Uh, yeah like I just think uh, Calvert-Lewin now that he's back um, would probably be a good asset worth looking at Uh, Gordon potentially as well like I'm not sure what are their fixtures come for the next couple of weeks Um, they have Fulham away and then uh, Leicester at home and then they play in the EFL Cup away to Bournemouth and then they also play Bournemouth in the Premier League (laughs) away so (laughs) they won't have far to travel for that game so it'll be interesting they have a couple of nice fixtures there to to end the season so yeah Yeah. definitely maybe worth looking at certainly I think I think DCL is at least 
in in draft mode were to pop but uh, if you're trying to save cash in regular it might be an option too um finally newcastle steve they had a convincing win over tottenham hotspur who didn't look too impressive uh in that particular game of football yeah Larice, who i think we talked about before on this podcast uh, i said has always had a howler in him and not too long after his last howler which i think was in the champions league he produced another one here like he comes out to get the ball from Callum wilson he 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 hits the ball with his midriff and then runs into Callum Wilson and looks for a foul, but the ref allows play on, and then it's a beautiful finish from Wilson after that lob and the defender trying to rush back onto the line. And then Spurs looked a bit lost. Uh, Almiron then completely goes past Longley as if he's not even there uh, for the second goal. And um, again, Lloris, probably a bit poor, goes underneath him, and they're 2-0 down with five minutes to go till halftime, and they looked... They, they, they looked like they didn't know what to do they looked like they didn't really have a plan or anything like that again they're missing Hoiberg and Romero and they're miss. I think that really shows how much they miss Kulazewski and his his creative influence in the team because it, like with Son's poor form this season like they, they just can't rely on him for anything Kane slipped him through with a great chance one on one and um, Pope made a pretty good save but I mean you really would have fancied Son to score that if it was last season so there's a there's a lot to fix with this uh, Spurs team. The that's two losses on the bounce now, and Conte has been saying that they don't really have the squad to compete, and they need to get better players in. So it'll be interesting to see what they do in January. But uh, to give credit to Newcastle as well, like even after the Spurs scored from a corner with Harry Kane, they could have uh, fallen apart and it could have got a bit ropey, but they kind of held it together and managed to hang on and get the win. Um, like. Char looks like uh, I don't know what um I don't know what Eddie Howe is doing with this team, but he's making these players play much better than they're capable of. Char looks like a quality centre back. Uh, Almiron is playing out of his skin, and I think he has more goals this season than he has in the last like two seasons for Newcastle. Um, like obviously he's got Callum Wilson back. Joe Linton uh, played out on the left wing this game because uh, of like rotation and still managed to do a job. So you know there's 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 positives with this team and I think you know with and they're only going to get stronger in terms of bringing in better players so the fact that they're playing well just makes it a further endorsement for good players to go there yeah yeah you can't you can't uh, knock anything that Eddie Howe has done like if you show us if you were to show someone last year two years ago this team sheet you'd say fuck me that's a shit lineup I mean like Callum Wilson hopefully stayed fit Almiron and Joe Linton on the wings is the most depressing looking squad <laughs> you could imagine I mean like yeah. they brought in old Trippier who's probably not any good anymore Longstaff at the time hadn't proved anything it's uh, yeah you, you, you just can't knock uh, the work of Eddie Howe I, I was looking there at Almiron's stats he'd six shots got a goal and he, he had 34 accurate passes out of 36 not sure that those were line breaking passes now but um, certainly very impressed with him he, he's certainly an option as a cheap midfielder uh, yeah absolutely but I mean the the only thing I would say is that he's way overperforming his XG and I just wonder how long this is sustainable for excuse me because like he is going to regress to the mean eventually so maybe maybe a decent option to have for the next few weeks but I mean don't be relying on him to uh, get returns for you no but maybe an enabler maybe maybe but it's also interesting yeah, but it's also with his price gone up so high now, I'd say, is he even worth it at that price that he's at now? What is he, 5.6? Maybe, yeah. Let's confirm that one. He's 5.4. Okay, he's so he's gone, up, uh, he's gone up 0.4. Maybe he went down to start with? No, he was at, no, he was 5. Uh, he's he's five all the time, and then he went gradually went point one, point two, point three, point four. He's flying it. Um, yeah. Just before we move on to our bankers and that, I I think it's it's interesting to point out like the Spurs have that that midfield five more or less with the wing backs and three defensive mids, and then nothing really yeah. that you would imagine will pass the ball to Son and Kane. So uh, maybe yeah, maybe we're not going to touch that Spurs team until after the World Cup. 
till they get a bit no. of creativity back. Yep. How did the bankers go? <laughs> the bankers did okay. Uh, we had Haaland who returned. We had Kane who returned. Uh, we went with my pick of Salah in the end who didn't return. Um, so two out of well, three there. But then Saka the... and Foden also didn't return. Yeah, they were the two we were considering. Yeah, so don't feel too bad about that. But um, outside picks were not good. Uh, you had Bamford who didn't not even good. start the game. He came on as a sub. You had Bamford. And then, oh no, I had Bamford. Yeah, sorry, that's my bad. And Bamford then you hasn't had scored all season. <laughs> well, I mean, he's only played two games. Uh, and then you had Pats and Daka who didn't do anything in a 4-0 win over Wolves, which he really thought he would have. I mean, Jamie Vardy came off the bench and got a goal and an assist. So uh, his job could yeah. be up for grabs. Yeah, I, th- I think that's uh, there's probably a learning to take from that one is that Vardy should at some stage become a fit footballer and should lock down that spot. And maybe we should be getting on board. Yeah, potentially. I was thinking about him in regular, sorry, not in regular, I was thinking about him in draft, but like if they have Man City this week, so you're like, ugh, <laughs> maybe maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, although if you have a shit forward, you might just bring him in for the long haul. Yeah. Uh, Steve, if it's okay with you, I suggest we take a commercial break. And after uh, that, well, you're already You already sound like you're drinking from your glass, so I mean, we might as well anyway. I'm not actually. What do I just sound like a slurpy guppy or something? Oh, I don't know. I was trying to set you up for a like a promo. You're you're doing all these promos uh, now. No, now on. Well, I have I have a Kilkenny red pint glass. Although it is water in here, you could put a goldfish in it, and it wouldn't even die. Game week 14 is upon us during the ad break. No goldfish were harmed. Uh, this time in your game week <laughs> you have some opportunities to get some points Manchester City will play Leicester interestingly Steve you pointed out Leicester on three clean sheets this isn't the the walkover that we might have expected uh, Potter will bring Chelsea to face his old side and just every game for Chelsea is difficult now so I'm always nervous about it Palace are at home which is nice Fulham will take on an away Everton side so Mitrovic might get something for you there. Liverpool face Leeds. Um, hopefully they can turn things around. Uh, Steve, you'll be fairly confident against Nottingham. Yeah, uh, obviously they are feeling confident off the back of that win against Liverpool. But I mean, uh, you wonder how they're going to be able to carry that into the next game. Arsenal also would be fairly disappointed after dropping points at Southampton. So they're going to want to set the record straight. And uh, yeah, I think this would be a good game for them. Yeah, um, it will be interesting. It'll be a big win for Arsenal, I think, if they get that. Because yeah, uh, I mean, considering that there's only there's only like three more weeks second. until the the break, so if they can if they can keep this momentum going and go into the break at the top of the league, I think they'll be ecstatic with that. I am looking for a ticket at the moment to catch PS or Arsenal in Eindhoven. They're playing on Thursday. Two hundred quid, I can go and watch them for. I'll certainly wow. go down and soak in the atmosphere at least. Not sure if I'll actually get into the game. Yeah, two hundred quid's a lot, especially for Arsenal, who aren't great. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Says the guy who's a Chelsea fan and is afraid against Brighton. I'm afraid for Chelsea every single fucking game. <laughs> it's yeah, it's the 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 end of the Tuchel era and. It's just a yeah, a lack of character with Chelsea. I mean, like, but back when the back of the five and Jorginho was in form and we controlled every game, that was nice. Whereas now you just well, yeah, there was there was continuity and there was uh, yeah. a plan or what felt like a plan there with the new ownership coming in and then signing all these players for Tuchel and then sacking him almost straight away after and then bringing in Graham Potter, who's a good manager, but I mean, this is his first high-profile job and you've got like Aubameyang there and some of the defenders are like you've got Thiago Silva who's like 36 Aspie's 34 you know like they're Koulibaly's 29 he, like these are players seasoned veterans like they're not young lads who take on his instruction as easily and then you've got Jorginho's getting up there you know Kante's constantly injured Aubameyang is a diva like you've signed Sterling <laughs> from City for he's all not, this he's money not him when he's hungry 
Yeah, exactly. Um, Sterling, who's been promised like to play for, for, uh, as a forward in every game and given three hundred grand a week, is playing what looks like a left wing back role for Chelsea in the midweek game. So there's just a bit of discontinuity there, and there's a lot of um, clean up and change to to be done to Chelsea. But I think if I think the goal for them is that if they get top four, they get top four, keep Champions League football, and they can look to rebuild this squad with the players that po- uh, Potter wants. I think that's the ideal scenario. Yeah, they're a hard read and a hard watch. I generally find it's just fucking frustrating watching Chelsea with the lack of imagination that's often present. And yeah, I mean, like I I hate I hate hearing rebuild this squad or, or those kind of remarks about teams that have bought like heaps of players every year yeah and uh yeah i yeah it i suppose it's a testament to maybe the likes of uh viera palace arteta at arsenal i'm not sure maybe even potter when he was at brighton and eddie howe at newcastle you know that take teams and actually improve them rather than trying to get her get all these fucking pieces of exodia together and think it'll all work out yeah, but you, th- you have to say for for Chelsea's formula up until they until Abramovich sold the club, that's exactly what you guys were, and it worked. You've won multiple Champions Leagues, multiple leagues. Um, I think there's been a couple of FA Cups. Like you know, you guys won your first I, Champions I, League I, with I, Roberto sorry, Di Matteo I, in charge. I'm wallowing in despair, Stephen. I you did, don't be highlighting the positives, please. Maybe I like the misery. <laughs> right okay will we move on to questions so make you feel a bit better yeah well no it won't I really didn't care whether uh, it would or it wouldn't yeah. I just wanted to move so, on Philip the uh, Manchester City midfielder slash winger has become in my eyes a rotation issue I think he's a European player and not so much a nailed on Premier League player what you make of that I wouldn't be as quick to say that like City are still, you know, in second place in the league. It's not like they're walking away with it. So I think there's still a good chance that he plays a lot of games. Obviously he was rested against Brighton, played the game before against Liverpool, started the game against Southampton, started against United, started against Wolves, started against Villa, started against Forest. So he's played he started almost every game this season. I think it's only the last game that's... The one uh, I bought him for. Yeah, well, I think that's your own fault. Uh, <laughs> it, like, I bought him as well, and I'm not complaining half as much as you are. You know, these All things right, happen, but points. I still think he's going to I still think he's gonna start. Okay, you heard it here first, folks. Phil Foden to start against Leicester City this weekend. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, I mean... As well, like I wouldn't, uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say, like, don't be ripping Foden out of your team when you're three weeks away from a free wildcard. So that's uh, probably a fair statement, also. <laughs> probably, yeah. So, Steve, you were saying Gabriel Jesus wasn't that sharp in the one all draw with Southampton, and maybe had he got a little more shut eye, he'd have put some of those chances away. Is that a concern for the remaining three weeks before the World Cup? Potentially a bit because Jesus is probably going to make the Brazil squad, but he was left out of the most recent squad for the international friendlies, so it was probably maybe a bit of a little bit of a warning to him, saying like, "Look, you need to kind of get into a bit of better form." And like the games against PSV and Southampton wouldn't have done a lot to uh, improve his confidence. It seems like he's trying too hard a little bit. He's snatching at things when he's when he and he's not taking his time. So I'm hoping the game against Nottingham Forest will be a good opportunity for him to get a, a bit of a reset because it feels like they're going to create chances against that team. They, even though they beat Liverpool, they have conceded the most goals of anyone in the league uh, this season. So they're, they'll definitely get chances and it'll be up to him to try and capitalise on that. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. Um, I think Saka is another one who's potentially got a little bit of an issue at minutes. Like They asked Arteta after the match against Southampton was Saka, can he keep this up? And he said, well, look, all the great players play three uh, three days, every three days, and they manage to maintain the high level, and that's what we expect of him. And that's fine, I suppose, but I mean, 
you know, <laughs> he's still relatively young and probably needs a little bit of a rest. And... <laughs> well, look, I'm just saying, I think he still needs to be uh, looked after a little bit. And I think he'll probably get a rest midweek in the PSV game. Um, maybe come on as a sub, depending on how the game is going. And then he'll start the game at the weekend because he's too important not to. Um, that's kind of my read on it. And that's that's basically all I have, really. A midweek rest, so is going to. We'll, we'll be we'll, we will rest on our laurels if that's what occurs. Surely <laughs> Jesus and Saka will get the start against Forest, and hopefully Forest don't put it up to Arsenal as as much as they did against Liverpool. I I, I kind of sense um, Forest might might have a turning point in the season. It might turn into something good, but maybe that's just Liverpool being awful. Um. That being said, I, if 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 Jesus or Saka play like ninety minutes against PSV, I'd be very concerned. Uh, is there any other teams around the league that also have this problem? I mean, like you know, Chelsea rotate all the time. Anyways, City don't seem to suffer from it too much, aside from Phil Foden. Mm, anyone else? I mean, you're talking all the European teams. Spurs have the issue, the opposite issue, where they have to play the same players the whole time, and you're kind of wondering with Kane and Son, it's is it only a matter of time before they get a potential injury? And they're they're probably they never admit it, but they're probably keeping one eye towards the World Cup and thinking, "Geez, I need to make sure I stay fit for that, and I don't want to get injured." So you're just that probably plays into it a little bit, I would say. But um, in terms of City, the only thing is that it's impossible to predict their defenders now even more so than it was before bringing in the kanji's just made it even harder uh, the injury to kyle walker mains cancelo is pretty much essential but other than that it could be a toss-up between ake laporte diaz uh kanji sergio gomez could come back in Stones. um and then like Liverpool, I mean, nobody's got any Liverpool assets, really. I think if you do, I don't know why. And then, I'm yeah, looking like at a... uh, West Ham and uh, Manchester United. Mes- Manchester United. Manchester yeah. United Football Club. There, Those two teams are going to be playing on Thursday, along with Arsenal. They go ahead and face each other then uh, three days later. So, yep. Steve, you have Rashford there. And if he's played the feet out from under him, You'd probably be thinking of moving him on. Yeah, I am. I'm thinking of um, bringing in uh, someone to replace him. I'm not entirely sure who yet. I was thinking I have a million in the bank, so and I have two two transfers I can make. So I'm thinking of maybe downgrading Zuma uh, after his uh, heroics for me. I don't fancy him to keep it up <laughs> uh, again against United. And maybe bring in someone like Patterson that could free up a bit of funds. And then I could maybe get in someone like Saka. Um, I'd have 1.5, so I'd be able to go as high as 8. So that's definitely an option. That sounds a lot nicer than having Marcus Rashford remaining in your side. Uh, yeah, well, my midfield, then oh, would be, my midfield then would be Martinelli, De Bruyne, Foden, Saka, Pereira. So it's fairly fairly solid. Yeah, it's it's uh, we're spoiled for choice at the moment. We almost have more of a problem of having too many players. Uh, <laughs> which is, just uh, proves annoying when when we're looking at our bench. Uh, the next question that's rattling around the ether. We discussed it at length at the start of the pod. Uh, if you're like me, you'll have double Newcastle defence, and are you also going to pick up a mid or even more defenders? Uh, I I was waxing lyrical about. Miguel Almiron I think he's flying it um, before the pod Steve mm. we d- discussed Gimeris. Uh outside of that is, there, is do your thoughts turn to anyone else no not really I like I mentioned Almiron already I think it's kind of a bit of a ticking time bomb until he regresses back towards uh, the XG I don't think he can sustain this for a, a sustained period of time Then, there, but you know he might keep it going until the break at least uh, Bruno Gimaraes is in great form and he's he's playing really well for them. It's just a case of how often he gets in and around the box because he he's, he does sit fairly deep for them, but he does like to get forward. I just don't know how reliable he is for um as a as a midfield option for you in fantasy. Uh, Callum Wilson's always a good option as long as he's fit. 
and with Isaac being out until it looks like the World Cup, he's guaranteed to start. Um, St. Max is kind of a wait and see. He's kind of expected back maybe like the week before uh, the end of the season or end of the break or the start of the break. So, you know, maybe he's a potential option. But, um, yeah, not not too much going on up front with, with Newcastle that would I be interested in. Newcastle facing Aston Villa and then Southampton before the EFL Cup and a game against Chelsea, their last game before the World Cup. So a two-game punt mightn't cost you too much if you if you have the transfers to do it. Maybe maybe punt on one of those guys. And yeah, we already another one that we we've touched on is is Palace away from home avoid. Uh, maybe maybe the best thing to do here is is to briefly discuss their record. I'm not sure if you have that available, Stefan. I can get it. Give me one second here. So they are currently 13th in the league. They've played 11 games, have three wins, uh, four draws and four losses and have a goal difference of minus four. Uh, I can tell you their three wins were at home. Yeah, um, and all of Zaha's points this season have come at home. So it shows to you that they're, they, they, they treat that as much a, pretty much a fortress. Like, you know, they they obviously had the, the loss to... Uh, Arsenal and then they drew with Liverpool uh, had the loss to um, or sorry they beat Villa lost to Man City lost to Chelsea at home which is a bit I think that game was a bit um, ropey as well I think there was one or two uh, decisions that didn't go their way Uh, winning at home against Leeds uh, draw away at Leicester win at home against Wolves so yeah like they're, they're very much a home team they play much better at home in front of the home crowd uh, I think um, I think Vieira does a good job with the squad that he's got and they play a nice style of football. I think the idea of the midfield three being like Decore or in the case of the Everton game, Milivojevic and then two very attacking players in like Eze and or Alise or Schlupp is a bit of a gamble because sometimes you can definitely be caught out. But uh, look, you know they're they're about thirteenth is about where you'd expect Palace to be in terms of the league, so you know they're they're doing okay. Yeah, Palace then with uh, only the one home game between now and the World Cup. That's their next one against Southampton, who are nothing to be sniffed at if you do like sniffing at things. They go away to West Ham and Nottingham Forest after that, so. Probably best keep your defenders at least on the bench in those fixtures. I think that's fair to say. Mm-hmm. And finally, are Everton best avoided? I kind of want to pick up Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Steve. Are you okay with that? Yeah, I mean, considering this is... We're talking about draft now, just so everyone's aware. And there's literally slim pickings in draft. No, I'm and dropping I don't really Haaland. Like... <laughs> yes, <laughs> Uh, and only costs eight million in regular. That's a lot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot for Calvert Lewin. I'm very surprised. Sure, and he hasn't really price dropped. I suppose has he? He was. He's seven point nine. Jesus. My God. Um. Yeah. Like that. You'd never consider him in regular, but in draft, he's obviously a good option. Uh, they have some nice fixtures. They've got they're away at Fulham, at home at Leicester, and then away at Bournemouth. Um, so you know their opposition isn't too bad. I don't really know who other than Mitrovic for Fulham and maybe Andres Pereira who you'd have on the other teams, like who you'd have from Leicester. You might probably have a defender there, but I think that run of clean sheets is due to come to an end soon, and then uh, I don't think you'd have anyone from Bournemouth. So. No, I'm not. Uh, I'm not mad to pick up Chris Meffam or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to get the jingle for the question time section, you can listen to the last pod. Uh, for now, we're going to move on to the bankers and outside picks. Stephen, you put these together for us again. Number one, surprisingly, is a Manchester <laughs> City player traveling to face Leicester City. Uh, it's Erling Haaland. Yeah, I feel at this stage on maybe we should just t- call it two <laughs> Haaland and two bankers because uh, like you're just gonna have even, them at the top of the list. Out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like Haaland is just gonna 
be the top of the list for the rest of the season, no matter what happens. Perfect. They're going away. They're going away to Leicester. It is the early game though, which I'm a bit uh, dubious about. You never back the early kickoff, but um, like he's just so good. So he's the you, first you pick, and then we've gone for we've gone for Kane against Bournemouth more so because we like the matchup against Bournemouth and we really do Spurs' form so far but I mean they can't really keep the slide going much longer and Harry Kane, Kane just scores these stupid not very technically brilliant goals yeah season, yeah so. uh, yeah you have to be there to finish the chances and he's doing that so um, fancy okay. him af- after the he was he was kept out against um, United and then he got back on uh, the score sheet against Newcastle so hopefully he'll keep that going and then we've gone for Saka as our third banker in the game at home against Nottingham Forest because he seems to be one of the the, the key players for Arsenal. A lot of the stu- good good things that happen happens through him, and uh, he's having a really good season in terms of scoring so far. Absolutely, and uh, I, I suppose it's probably Jesus's lack of sharpness in the last game that sees him drop drop down the pecking order. But more interestingly, again, even is that we're we're not back in Salah in a home game against an out of form Leeds. Uh, I agree with it. I I I backed the decision to go for Saka over Salah. It's a it's a mad turn of events. Yeah, it's it just shows you though, like the confident the lack of confidence. Sorry that um, people have in this uh, Liverpool side that you just don't know what's going to happen. Like everyone thought the game against Brighton that they'd smash them because they just got deserve in and it was a 3-3 it was a great game to watch but i mean not for liverpool <laughs> like they <laughs> absolutely struggled and they could very easily struggle again here so yeah I, I just think it's safer to stay away and it, hey if salah goes and scores and proves me wrong fine but you know i'm not going to be upset about it well, i haven't been draft i will be the opposite of upset about a celebrate <laughs> in the coming week. Eberechi Eze uh, at home against Southampton is going to be my outside pick. I also have this guy in draft. Uh, I, I liked him since he came into the league. Um, and I, I think he's a pretty obvious pick, not that far outside. Some people might even have him in regular. I thought Olise might do something similar. He came from, what was it, Wigan or QPR or something? No, well, Eze came from QPR. Uh, Elise, I think, came from France. Uh, give oh, me a second he? here. Oh, maybe uh, way off. I thought oh, he looked no, like he's, he, he. No, came it says from... he's English, but I mean, I could have sworn in the game that he, in FIFA that he was French. Uh, oh no, he was at Reading. I apologize. Yeah. Ah, he's yeah, played for I the French. He's he's played for the French under 18s and under 21s. So that's why I thought he was French. But yes, you're right. He came from the Championship, and I signed him from Reading. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was a similarish player that looked like he had all the stuff and had just come up like it. I suppose I saw one of those highlight reels when he came into the league, and not someone who's panned out quite as well as Eberechi. But uh, there you go, Steve. What's your outside pick for game week? 14. I have gone for uh, Kai Havertz. Or no, sorry, I haven't gone for Kai Havertz. I've just seen Kai Havertz has scored a goal against Salzburg. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> I, 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 I was completely distracted. <laughs> There's no coming back from this. No, I've gone for Ivan Tony. easily uh, swayed. <laughs> Stephen <laughs> has absolutely. changed his outside pick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've gone for uh, I've gone for Ivan Tony at home against Wolves uh, after getting smacked against um, after getting smacked against Leicester. I fancy them to bounce back and, and put in a good performance against the Wolves side that still has uh, their caretaker manager in and is struggling for for goals. So I fancy them in that game. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Ivan Tony. We just said it or during the break, eight goals for him there in the year and uh, fancy him to continue Stephen had you a win in draft this week I did I had a nice win against uh, Tyg. I beat him 40 points to I think 28 or 30 I think so um, yeah it was a bit of a low scoring week for me um, but I managed to scrape it anyway and uh, that was good because I think I was on like a, a bit of a losing streak there so Keep me up towards the top of the table was was just what was needed. Although I'm coming up against uh, John Scanlon this week, who has a score of like, who had a score of like fifty eight, 
And but I mean, it was he brought in Danny Ings and Granite Xhaka, who are both proved to be great pickups in free agency. So um, we'll have to wait and see how uh, how I perform against him. And uh, meanwhile, alone, I think you had another loss. Two on the trot now. I've lost to uh, I've lost to Paddy Brennan and who did I lose to last week? Was it Mark Gary? But then the week before, the- I did beat you. I think that's how it's it's yes. panned out. Uh, mm-hmm. My only returner was none other than Benjamin White, the Arsenal <laughs> right back. He got an assist yeah. and a bonus, I think, for me. He's on a six-pointer there. Did he get a bonus? Yeah, yeah he nice. would have got bonus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Very nice, very nice. So, um, as per usual, Salah, Bowen, Martinelli, Cancelo, all these cunts did fuck all. Uh, Callum Wilson on my bench with five points. Uh, I was bet sixty-one points to twenty-six, so I'm 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 happy when I get my low-scoring weeks and my losing weeks. But that this does mark something like five. What is it? Five wins and seven losses for me. So I would like things to turn around pretty soon. Uh, I was saying to you, Steve, like I I can drop Bowen. I'm pretty comfortable with doing that after seeing his pitiful performance against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe pick up one of the guys we spoke about in the pod there maybe an Everton or Newcastle guy and yeah I have Pamford Pamford Bamford who hasn't scored yet <laughs> and DCL is available so I might go for something like that yeah but yeah it's it's these two losses have rocked my confidence some bit <laughs> I'm, uh, Salah I, Salah with overall it in look, on. maybe I should Overall, number one pick, I went for Salah. Didn't go for Haaland. Didn't go for one of the guys who scores points. So that's uh, that's holding me back a touch. Yeah, understandably. Mm. So, Steve, I think that'll do it for yeah. this episode we've, of the FPL Jingle. We've said else. it all and we've done it all. There's nothing more to be said. But it's all left to be done. Thanks for listening. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that on Discord. That'll be linked in the podcast description. Uh, you can see us on Twitter. That's at the FPL Jingle. You can see our website, fpljingle.com. Uh, once again, thanks for listening. Steve, say thanks to the listeners. Thank you, listeners. Bye now. Bye.